Welcome to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Manchester campus. I want to just tell you how blessed I am that, the, that God is bringing us into a place of health in all, all ways, financial, spiritual, emotional, mental. God is doing a work inside of our hearts, and he's doing that. When we say church, we're talking about each and every one of you. And some of you, you uh, this root series is a hard series to, to go through because it can bring up a lot of things from the past. It could bring up things that you don't want to talk about. You know, it, it was enough for you to go through what it was that you went through. It was enough for you to say, okay, I'm beyond that now. But are you really beyond that now? Uh, has God actually dug up the root system that was intertwining into the things that God is sowing into you? When we talk about root systems, we talked about last week about how each one of us have a different kind of root system. We all have different roots that have been cultured from when we were very young. And our personalities have played into it, our experiences and our, our beliefs. Uh, the things that we have intended to um, put, uh, we've had our identity staked in those things that created who we are. Some of that, some of that identity is not of God. Some of the things that you say, this is who I am, is actually not of God. And that's one of the things that we're going through. And we're, we're finding those things and we're ripping them out and we're going to expose them. And that's going to be scary for some, but let me explain. Today's message today is all about exposing our roots. And it's not a scary thing. It is when you think about it. Because we all have an internal protection. We want to go into protect mode. You know? We, we skirt the issue. We only deal with half of it. We say, yeah, we've dealt with it, but really all we've done was put it on the back burner. We just haven't brought it into the light. So... Um, <clears throat> When God takes us through the process of de-weeding, remember when I talked about the garden? The, the, most hard, the hardest part of my garden was weeding, how much I hated that. It's a hard process, but once it's done, it's beautiful. That garden is gorgeous. It's organized. It's not chaos. It's not cluttered. It, it doesn't look like a big mess overgrown. It looks gorgeous. It looks beautiful. It looks like the way that it ought to, and it produces fruit. And that, to me, is an important, for all of us, that, that's an important aspect that we need to be looking at in our lives and say, Jesus, I want you to do this in me. And that's going to require every one of us in this room to say, Jesus, would you do this in me? And it means that we're going to have to really take time, pay attention to those parts of our lives I'm going to scooch this way a little bit. Ah, there we go. Perfect. I get everybody's face. Um, I, get, I get when we're in the, the, the mode of looking at the fruit, we've got to realize that what God does in us, He produces fruit, but it requires our help. And I'm not talking works, but I am talking about us 
being faithful to allow God into the vulnerable parts of our lives. It requires our participation in that. How do you guys kill a weed naturally? Throw it out there. And you can't use chemicals, so that's totally cheating. What, how do you guys kill a weed? Pull it out. Weed whack it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, see, that's working smarter, not harder. Um, you know, my dad was actually very good at that. You know, He's like, son, I have a job for you. Dad, that's your garden. <laughs> What, what you do to kill a weed is you've got to dig it up by its roots and you have to get all of the roots. And when you get it, you can't just cut it off. You can't just pull it out and rip, you know, like getting rid of dandelions. You pull it out and you think that you've done it. And those dandelions, man, I'm telling you, they put up a fight uh, because that's a weed. How, do we, how we know that it's a weed is really how easy does it come out of the ground? Because those things are fighters. And in the same way, in us, in us spiritually, the things that we need to up, get out of us are fighters. Why? Because honestly, there is, you know, those are from the enemy. Those things are from the enemy. And the enemy wants to keep you in a place of bondage. That's his goal. That's his plan on this earth. Keep you in bondage. So to kill a weed, you've got to pull that weed out, get all the roots, even the little tiny ones that you think don't matter, and flip it upside down. And you leave it outside. And you expose it to light. When the sunlight hits that weed, it dries up like that and it can't survive. The sunlight kills it. It's kind of interesting the way that the Bible is actually phrased when you read through Scripture and you're like, wow, God. I mean, I take for granted 90%, 99% of, of Scripture in the way that God uses things that make sense to explain His kingdom. And, you know, when He talks about being in the light, you know, what He's trying to say to you is, he's, look, it's a safe place for you to pull up that weed. I will kill it. And that's what we're going to look at today. We have to say today, as we respond to the Spirit's leading, we need to ask ourselves this question. Do we have anything hidden in your life? Do you have anything hidden in your life? You know, the things that are under the surface, the things that are kept tucked away that you're hoping that nobody ever finds out. You have anything like that? Again, this is this could be painful for some. Please don't go off running. Because what I want to I want you to hear this. God, I'm I'm telling you this because God has a plan to heal. God has a plan to make whole, and God has a plan to bring fruit out of your life. Because his word is the seed that he has sown in your soil. So if you have and you're standing here, you're good soil. Amen. Before we go on, we have to be real with ourselves. And I have to say one thing. Each and every one of us, each and every one of us has hidden stuff. Doesn't matter how much you tell yourself you don't. <laughs> we all do, you know? And those hidden things are sometimes even hidden to us. 
and that's why we need the Holy Spirit. I think that's one of the reasons why I love my relationship with Jesus, because the closer I get to him, the more he, he, he starts. It's kind of like he's the gardener, really, and he's going through and popping up that weed and popping up that weed and popping up that weed. It's like, <laughs> I thought that was a flower. <laughs> you know, man, that little thing was so unassuming. I, it was gorgeous, you know, and it was like, no, actually, that's robbing you of me. Like, your, your soil is so precious and he cares so much for you. You can tell what a weed is when it totally tells you the opposite of what the Bible says. A weed is something that is going to rob you of the word. So if you hear anything outside of the truth of Scripture that denies the power of the word of God in your life, that's a weed and needs to go immediately. You don't entertain it, you kill it. You expose it, you let it die. We need to look into Ephesians. Um, Paul encourages us every single day, if you read through the Word, I love how he, he actually encourages us to live boldly. He's talked to Christians, he's talked to all of us. Um, but he was addressing the church in Ephesus who was settled on the west coast of Asia Minor along the coast uh, on the, the coast of the um, Aegean, Aegean, Aegean Sea, Aegean Sea, um, across from Greece. So essentially, it's like a Southern California, um, you know, uh, city. It's bustling with life. It's huge into um, everything materialistic. It is huge into demon worship, uh, mythology. It's just this place of idols, and there's a church there, and there's a very large settling of Jewish people, God's people in that city. And what was interesting is that the letter to um, Ephesus was not necessarily only written to Ephesus. A lot of early uh, writings, some of the earliest copies of this letter actually didn't have Ephesus in the letter. It was actually written to a lot of the other churches in and around Ephesus. So it's when you say, oh, it's just to Ephesus. No, think about it like this. He's talking to all of us, and we have to realize that this is not just for then and there. This is for here and now, because when you think about it, Ephesus is very much like our culture in America today. So Paul was always encouraging But he was always warning, and he was always rebuking, and he was always reminding them of the glory of God that wanted to be developed in them as Christians. You see, God is coming, and his glory is coming. That's what Jesus said. He says, my kingdom come. It's here. It's now. So we're going to go to Ephesians 5, verse 1 through 14. We're going to hang here. You got your Bibles, Ephesians 5, 1 through 14. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. So what he says there, he's like, hey, what's proper among the saints is don't have any of that stuff in you. Don't have that around you. Don't, 
Don't watch that stuff. Don't, don't participate with it. Do you know the earlier Christians? They couldn't hang out in Rome. They couldn't hang out in Rome where you're supposed to take a bath because there was so much sexual immorality. The people in the city didn't want to actually hang around the Christians because they stink. They literally forewent their bath so that they would not have to be exposed to the sin in the city. It was that bad. And that's why a lot of Christians got, were, were you know, essentially pushed out from their culture. Pretty gross, huh? I'm not bathing there. <laughs> so he says in verse 4, Let, us, uh, let, there, fe- let there be no uh, filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. So again, a rebuke and then an encouragement. For, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. This is a heavy verse, guys. A lot of Christians don't want to read this. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Verse 8, for at one time you were in the darkness, but now you are light in the world. You are light in the Lord. That is, I, I take that back and spoke that. You are light in the Lord. Uh, walk as children of light. In verse 9, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by, by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So what we're seeing here is that Christ is the light, and he shines upon us. Now, I, I know when I read this, I myself am starting to go, oh, man. <laughs> like, ah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a little uncomfortable, okay? Because, yeah, maybe I had a conversation today or this week that, honestly, I, I spoke foolishly. I had, I even maybe crudely joked. You know, maybe maybe I watched a movie that, you know, it went too far in the lines of what I would consider a good movie, a pure movie to watch. And so now I'm feeling a little, ugh, what the heck? I don't feel that great about myself, right? Let's pray. Jesus, I ask you that as we come into the Word of God, that your Word would speak truth and bring out the things that need to be brought out into light. Father, you desire life for us. I pray that we would not hear with our own ears, but we would hear with spiritual ears, that your Holy Spirit would speak to the, our hearts, Lord. Just uproot the things that need to go in Jesus' name. Amen. We know right from this verse what Paul says, stay away from, guys. Stay away from, like if you're a believer, stay away from this stuff. You don't need to, you don't need to go there. 
We know what sin is. And when sin is full grown, it leads to death, you know. And maybe not a spiritual death, but like, you know, there are things that die within us, spiritual roots that God planted in us. When sin comes in, things that can be sinful come in and, and tear down the root systems that God is digging deep within us. It, it, it destroys the integrity. It's robbing the, 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 um, the nutrients that God is trying to build into us by these other, ex, these other things that are happening in and around us. But it says here that the, you know those that sow know, that sow this kind of seed that we talked about the sexual immoral you know the, the things that just kind of Paul just spent so much time telling us as believers to stay away from these things like lust lust can lead to adultery and hatred could lead to murder not just a physical death which is much worse but what what is what is much worse is a spiritual death physical death is one thing. The second death is a whole nother thing. And it says that we will not be inheritance, inheritors, that is, of the kingdom of God. So it was like, ooh, God, what is it? He's talking to Christians here, guys. Christians. He's not talking to the unbeliever. He's talking to Christians. So then now there are, there are many bad root systems in our lives. We know we talked about the sin, but I want to talk about the things that are not necessarily sin but also have negative impact in our lives. And those things can be uh, abandonment, like a fear of abandonment. It could be fear, period. It could be insecurity. It could be codependence. It could be control or manipulation. It could be abusive behavior. It could be any form of addiction. Just to name a few, guys, because there's a lot. But you got to see that when the light of God shines upon every believer, we got to realize that He's bringing out all these things to clean us and clear us out. He's He's doing He's doing the work to purify who we are. And so He says some of these things that yeah, these are the no-brainers, guys. And if you're doing this kind of stuff, don't. That's not productive. But He says, hey, let's go a little bit deeper into this and let's let's look at these other areas. Insecurity is a, is a massive one. Bad root system, insecurity. It gets into everything. What's holding you back from being free? What's, what's hidden that needs to be exposed to the light? But, you know, what does it mean to bring something into the light? What do, you're asking me to expose myself? You're, expo- you're asking me to, like, get real and, and, and share with you these deep, deep things? What does that mean? You know, who do I who do I who do I expose this to? And and what you're saying is this is risk. Who can I trust? Well, I want to take you to James five sixteen. James five sixteen. If you have your Bibles, please. James five sixteen. You could write it down because this is humongous. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So good. See, you need to become vulnerable. You can't just be transparent. Because, you know, a friend of mine was sharing this with me, and it's so powerful. I, I just absolutely love when God interrupts my life 
to give me truth. And I'm telling you, man, I was pastored by this friend of mine. And he comes in, he's like, hey, you know, you know, transparency and vulnerability are two totally different things, you know? I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, no, I totally get that. No, yeah, yeah. You know, we want the president to be transparent. We want, the, we want our finances to be transparent as a church, and that's good. I recommend that. But what, how about vulnerability? What does that mean? So what he was sharing with me is like vulner, uh, transparency is like a police riot shield, a riot police shield, right? You can see through it, but you can't touch the person on the other side. You, you can, it doesn't give you access. All it does is reveal what's behind it. And see, that's, that's transparency, sure. I can tell you, I can tell you all my deepest, darkest sins. But if I have my shield up, I can't, you're not going to be able to access me. And it does no good. Vulnerability is the total opposite. Vulnerability says, you have access to me. I'm giving you a place. I'm giving you the ability to, to, to reach my heart, speak into my life, and minister to me. That's vulnerability. And see, in order to get to the root systems, we need to also be vulnerable. Vulnerable to God. And there's a lot of people that are like, no way am I going to be vulnerable to people because I've done that before and I got burned. I, I, I had a bad experience. I want to explain something to you. This is a higher level of spiritual rule and principle. Okay? It's one thing to confess your sin to God. But why is it that God says confess to one another? There's something about that. I want us, I want us to read it again. Therefore, confess, confess your sins to one another. That means... You're both parties are confessing sin. And I was like, so uh, is that all you got to do? High five each other? Yeah, totally stuck in this sin, man. I just totally lied to that guy and I ripped that guy off too. High five, boom. You know, just keep going. Yeah, and I did this too. Holy cow. Like, I can't believe how bad you are, you know. But that's not what he's saying. He doesn't stop there, confess your sin. He goes to one step further and he says, no, pray for one another. Confess and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Guys, it is working. Everybody say working. When you pray, the power of God is working. And that's what makes change. That's what reveals the things that need to be revealed and flips those roots upside down into the light We can't stop at just sharing. We can't stop at just saying, I'm going to be vulnerable to you. You also need to be vulnerable to me. And that's where the community of God takes place. See, this is God calling all of us Christians to put on your big boy pants. This is, this is mature Christianity. Because I, again, I'm on the hunt for mature Christianity. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want the, the, the trivial stuff. I, I mean, I love the uh, elementary parts of Scripture and elementary parts of who God is. 
But he, God says, I don't want you to stay there, bro. I want you to go deeper with me. And so I am searching the word of God, looking for. Now, I'm not taking power away from the power of God by saying that Jesus came, died, and rose again. And therefore, you are no longer a sinner. You no longer have condemnation, but you are free. Free of bondage and free of sin because of Jesus Christ who paid it all. And that you don't have to work anything it's not your works that bring salvation. It's the power and the blood of Jesus that brings salvation. But he says, bro, you have more to do than that. And I'm not talking about works again. I'm talking about getting into the word of God to hear the deeper things of the spirit. He says, mature Christianity, when you come to expose the roots and you pray for these people and you encourage them, when you let them into your heart, now remember when someone comes to you and says, hey, I need to share with you this, you're letting them come into your heart. You're not a psychotherapist. You're not a counselor. You are not, you're not a pen pal. <laughs> you, are, you are essentially giving them right and access to you as they are doing the same thing in their heart. So this is what God has chosen the church to do. This is true church life. God chose the church to heal the nations, but healing starts in us. Amen? Healing starts in us. See, God chose community to be the conduit of his power. This could be your life group. This could be your journaling group, your breakfast club, your prayer group. It could be your worship team your community service group, these places, your best friends. Obviously, you could go to your best friends. You could say anything to your best friends. It's a whole other thing to go up to another believer you don't know. Say, hey, you know, I want to share something with you. I need to get this off my chest. Would you pray for me? See, this is an invitation. Would you pray for me? You're allowing that individual into your life, and that's where deeper community is built. It's not on how many streets you you blanket with with uh, tracks and with you know invite cards to the next event. You know those are fun things, but real community happens when there is vulnerability. When we do this, we become imitators of God. If you go back to Ephesus, it says that when we're walking in love, as Christ walked in love. We are to be at, we, we're doing this as beloved children. Walking in love as Christ walked in love as beloved children. I want to share with you a deep seated root in my life. Okay, vulnerability time, guys. You know, I can't, I can't lead. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's excited. <laughs> No, see, I, 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 I can't come and share with you this because all I'm doing is I'm just, I'm sharing you the transparency of the Word of God, but now it's time to get the vulnerability of the Word of God in, in us, and I need to do this and share this with you. When the root systems all look very, very different. And there it was a point in my life, and I need to share this particular area of my life because whether you know it or not the deepest things in our early childhood have huge impacts on us forever 
And so what God was showing me, and this is a time in my life um, where the roots had to come out. I, I got married. I was, I was um, a year into our marriage, not even a year into our marriage, a few months into our marriage. It's amazing what marriage does. It totally messes you up. <laughs> it's like, I thought I had it all together, guys. And then it was like, boom. And it's totally not the way that I thought life was supposed to work out. But, um, you know, personally, you know, my the way that I viewed myself, God said, no, look, you have some stuff you got to deal with here. I'm like, oh, man. So I'll give you the backstory. I... I'll give you the problem, and I'll give you the backstory. The problem was that when we first got married, I struggled in tr- incredibly with abandonment. Dude, you're married. You didn't have this problem before you got married, but now you're married and you have this problem. What is going on? And what the Lord showed me was um, through a series of events, when, when Sarah's not here to confirm this for you guys, but that's fine, you, she, you, where she's doing stuff, but... <laughs> She'll, she'll say, yes, he was crazy. Um, when we got married, she would be like five minutes late and I'm on the phone. Hey, where are you, babe? You know, she's, oh, I just got out of work. I'm like, oh, well, you're five minutes late. And it was like, okay, why am I not picking up on that? This is creepy. <laughs> and so, I, and it, what happened was it built onto that. So she's out with friends 15 minutes late. Hey, you know, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, just, we're just hanging out, talking. We're, you know, we're, we're late. I'm sorry. So, all right, I just want to make sure you're okay. Click. And this went on, and I would literally, I was feeling like, what is wrong with me? And she would get home, and I'm in tears. Like, I, I totally thought you left me. Where did that come from? To the point where she was a half an hour late, and I got in the car and started looking for her. Now the Lord shines the light on me. And I say, I, I'm driving down the road thinking to myself, I am really messed up. What's going on? Well, it wasn't until we sat down and began to talk about some things. And this came out later on in our marriage. I just realized that I was struggling with insecurity. I, I, my insecurity came from an abandonment issue. My, my parents are amazing, amazing people. If you, if you sit down and talk with them, you fall in love with them, everybody's quirky, everybody has quirky parents, just ask a son or a daughter, um, your parents are quirky. But um, my parents, you know, early on in their life, they struggled in their marriage. Um, and I'm like, earliest memory was me at a Pac-Man machine. And as I'm at this Pac-Man machine, I must be two years old, because I didn't even have my brother at the time. And uh, we're two and a half years apart. So we're, I'm standing at the Pac-Man machine going, this is awesome. And my dad says to me, hey, buddy, we're leaving. And you want to know something fun? It was over at Vino's up on Loudon Road in Concord, way back. Big wooden doors. I don't know if you guys remember this. Big wooden doors in my vision. Didn't realize it was Vino's until much later in life. So um, I, uh, I'm there. And my dad and mom are at the door, and they're like, no, really, we're leaving, and we're going to leave without you. And I just sunk something inside of me, just like a switch changed inside of me. And I went running, crying to my parents, two years old. So fast forward a little bit, not that much 
further. But along the way, there were many uh, different places in our life where I saw conflict and the struggle you know, my parents had early on. We, guys, we know marriage, when you first start out, it's tough, right? But I'm exposed to this at a young age. And something inside of me triggered and quirked, you know, messed something up. So it, it ended up going into every other part of my life. Every part of my life, every relationship that I ever had was impacted by that one thing that happened to me when I was young. Because remember, your, your life is a garden. Your life is soil. And the enemy is going to find little places to begin to go, I'm going to put that there, and man, you're going to struggle. I'm going to let it grow. I'm going to let it grow slowly, too. I'm not going to, it's not going to be obvious. But it ends up getting into all of my relationships. And I struggled with relationships going forward. So I tell you this because when my wife and I sat down and talked, we prayed together. We, there, was, there was healing that took place, and she prayed for me. And what James talks about, happened. There was a healing because there were the, the um, prayers of a righteous woman had power as it was working, which means that verse there means that you are working diligently in prayer. And the power of God working in you is doing the work in the individual that you are giving yourself to, the vulnerability aspect. So that to me I could have gone on my entire life and I would have struggled. I Honestly, even being a pastor, it's th this role. Uh, if you struggle with insecurity and issues of abandonment, holy cow. You know, that would be, that would be a very, very, very difficult job for anyone. You see, the Lord needed to, to remove that from my life. And I'm free. I don't have that issue. In fact, I walk away sometimes going, Wow. I should feel abandonment right now, but I don't, you know. There are, there are things that happen in our lives that are like, wow, the, the, I was just completely left alone. Not in a sense of like, you know, mission-wise. But see, that's when the Lord says, no, no, see, I am, I'm always with you, and I am there, and I'm guiding you and directing your life, and you are stronger than you think you are. And um, you see, when the Holy Spirit does His work, when that uprooting takes place, all of a sudden the roots that He had planted in you now have room to breathe. And you go like this. Guys, I want you to be people that want the roots, the spiritual roots to go like this. Because maturity as a believer comes in those times where the root systems go way out and way deep. You have room now, and you can actually begin to produce amazing fruit. And as a, as a believer, I struggled many years with no fruit, no fruit. It wasn't until the Lord began to deal with those areas of my life that all of a sudden, and it's like, what? And I'm not getting text messages and emails, and you're saying, you say, you like, wow, God, what, what are you doing through me? I couldn't, the Lord couldn't do anything through me or through any of you unless he was the one that was nourishing who you are.
John, 1 John 5, 5 through 10. I want you to hear this, and we're going to be closing here. 1 John 5, 5 through 10. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Guys, remember the things that are hidden. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, then we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So good. So, so good. I don't look at this like a, uh, like a heaviness because you know what he's saying? He's like saying, I'm, I'm warning you because I love you. I'm warning you because I want to produce good fruit in you. And you want to say, why should I stay away from that? Well, because I'm going to do something amazing in and through you. And what that has brings death. See, the truth is, that, is this, that you can't have fellowship when you wear a mask. You can't have fellowship when you wear a mask. And that is, you know, we've talked about this in times past. Like when you go say, hey, how's it going? Ah, it's so awesome. <laughs> totally, totally great. <laughs> everything is awesome but it's wrong and everything is not awesome my life stinks and I have all these things happening be careful how you dump by the way <laughs> uh, but I will be honest with you when we have that time where we can just be true and honest with each other that's when we have fellowship true fellowship the fellowship that God intended to do in and through us we need to be open to God. We need to be open to each other in order for God to work in us. Mm. One thing that I need to share with you too is the aspect of isolation. The enemy, Satan, wants to isolate us. When you're isolated, he could keep on lying to you and you have no recourse. There's nothing that you can do when you're isolated. The word of God, of course, but you see, Jesus had to come against the enemy in the desert with the word of God. That's the only thing that can overcome the enemy. But we see when you are isolated, you, you're, it is far much, you're not Jesus. Let's just put it that way. You're not Jesus and you can't handle that that long, right? He fasted for 40 days and dealt with this junk. You are not Jesus, but he can work in and through you through the power of Jesus. And then, guys, if you have the power of Jesus in and through you, you won't be isolated. Because what the enemy wants to do is quarantine you off and speak lies over you and you feel, oh, uh, you're right. But what he's doing is he's setting you up just to kill you. <laughs> you can't go there. You need to be in godly community with one another. You can't be a Christian by yourself. I don't care how many times people tell me, I don't need a church to go to uh, be a Christian. No. You want to be a fruitful Christian, you do. 
In the end, you're going to be, listen, Jesus calls all of his believers to produce fruit, to multiply. We talked about the talents, the parable of the talents. That's a direct call to believers, right? To one he gave one, one he gave five, and to another ten, two, five, that is. He gave two to one, five to the other, right? We produce fruit, you know, to multiply. We do that as a community. You need to have people praying for you and you need to have that vulnerability. So that's really good. Um, and remember, another area that I had talked about in, in the other, other areas that can be bad root systems is codependence. That's a hard one. That means people can be vulnerable and thrive on being stuck as a victim. You see... For us, we need to understand that uh, God is calling us to be vulnerable with each other because he doesn't want us to live and see ourselves as victims. Do you know what he says? He calls us something different in, in Ephesians. He says that you're heirs of the kingdom of God. You are royalty. You are princes and princesses. You have now, you were once in the darkness, but now you are in the light. You were once enslaved by sin. You are no longer enslaved by sin. You are a person of authority. And that's what Paul and James are saying. Look, if you experience this kind of vulnerability with each other and praying for one another in the way that he calls us to, you are like a living organism, a scriptural living organism called the church. You are heirs with Christ. And we need to begin to act like heirs and not like victims. Right? Imitators of Jesus. That means that we're going to do things that Jesus did. Right? Guys, Jesus freed people from bondage, and that is exactly what we are going to be doing when we live this way. So when you step out and you say, I'm vulnerable here, I need to be vulnerable. Let me tell you what I've been dealing with, and would you pray for me? What you are doing is stepping into authority. You are stepping into this place of kingdom authority, and you're no longer living as a victim. You're living as a conqueror, as an overcomer, as someone that... that um, has just taken the first step in slaying the enemy, right? I love this. You are a new creation. My favorite, favorite book in the entire Bible, Colossians 3.3, 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also, then you also will appear with him in glory. What does that mean? That seems pretty heavy. When your life, when you, when you became a Christian, your life, your old has died. And your life in him now is hidden. What things, need to, what things are hidden? Anything that's hidden is to be revealed. The scriptures say that anything that's hidden will be revealed. And so what he's saying is, is that this is a journey as a Christian. Your life in me is hidden. And with every step towards this freedom that you walk in, all of a sudden you have 
you have this revelation. Oh, this is me. This is like my new self. This is my, this is, I am an heir of the kingdom of God. And I am now, like, it's, it's exciting because it was a mystery and you are being revealed. This is who you really are, your new identity, which is going to be talked about next week. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. And that is our hope. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Jesus, you have, for each one of us in this room, you have each one of us a place for us. A place for us to be able to say, Lord, we, we, we don't just confess to you, but we, we confess to my brothers and sisters, and we are going to love our brothers and sisters, like we love ourselves. This is going to take place right here and now. And to remind every one of us as we're praying, you know, think of the people in your life group. If you're not a part of a life group, I want you to be a part of a life group. You need to have relationship with them. And real relationship and not not a, a fake relationship surfacey relationship. Father, I pray right now you begin to do the work inside of us, Father. Open our hearts to you, Jesus. Because when we do, when we go out and we begin to, to um, step out trusting another individual, Father, we, we're trusting you. We're trusting you with our lives. See, God wants to expose the sin. He doesn't want to expose us. He wants to expose the sin so that he can get rid of it. And that sin is no longer your identity. It's him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. This week, Lord, as people pray, as people begin to seek you and ask that question, what is it in my life that's hidden that needs to come out? I pray for, I pray for testimony of great healing in deeper friendships, a deeper love for you and a deeper love for your people and your church. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 